0: Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, fintech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the Fintech 5. Okay, today I'm in Starling Bank's incredibly posh office. Off of was it St. James Park? Yeah, Buckingham Palace. <clears throat> I
1: passed Prince Charles on my run today. Literally, that there's was,
0: a yeah. sign outside where <laughs> Dwight D. Eisenhower planned the Operation Torch, <laughs> <laughs> the invasion of Africa took place in the building I'm in. Yeah. Which is beyond cool because I'm a people history work. guy. Yeah. Smart people. Well, I worked here. I don't know. Well, move on. <laughs> I am with Megan Kaywood. Yeah. How about that? I remembered her name. Everybody, I actually yeah. hesitated.
1: I'm impressed, but you got it right.
0: <laughs> We're in London, and she's very British. Obviously, how long have you lived in the UK now?
1: Um, <laughs> so properly since uh, October of last year, so about a year now. So I'm full on British.
0: And you, what is your? <laughs> yeah. What is your uh, role at Starling Bank?
1: I am our Chief Platform Officer, is the the official title. But what that does is it means I lead our open banking platform, which is API strategy, our partners, and what we call our marketplace, which is how we integrate other financial technology companies into Starling.
0: So let's even roll further back. What is Starling?
1: Starling is we, it's commonly defined as a challenger bank, which basically means we are a tech startup bank building a bank from the ground up. We're bringing in a lot of the innovative principles and technology around design and implementation that you don't see in banking today for various number of reasons. But I like to think of ourselves more as a tech startup because we don't want to be Barclays 2.0. We want to be Google, like in the scheme of things. So we're a challenger bank, but we're we're a tech startup.
0: And, you know, this is in the U.S. They're like, I don't get it. What are you talking about? Because we don't grant banking license anymore. (laughs) It feels like back home here. Good God. I mean, look, yeah. you have one. Does Adam have
1: one yet? Adam has one. Adam and Tandem. Tandem did, right? Yeah. So Tandem make two. Yeah, so the big four of us uh, of the Challenger Banks are Monzo, Adam, Tandem, and Starling. So now it's this exciting time for the first time in hundreds of years, you can now get a banking license and you have a level playing field with Barclays and HSBC and the other, you know, the big four of traditional banking. Um, And what that really means is that now you can, but it's still really, really hard and it takes a lot of money. And so there's still a lot of barriers to entry, but for those who overcome those barriers, the options are wide open and you have a level playing field with the big guys.
0: And I think this is just a natural evolution of fintech, because we had the neo banks. We have really cool yeah. names, right? Yeah. So simple and, uh-huh. and move when they first came out, which yeah. still had a a bank in the back. Yeah. Right. In the Even back. Even in twenty
1: six, the German one. Just different, yeah. you
0: know. <clears throat> um, so I think yeah. would it be, Fidor? Mm-hmm. and and again Starling, Adam, Tandem. This is the new age. This is the yeah. new breed. Yeah. If you will, so I love I love seeing it. Of course, it would happen in Europe, and not back home. But so let's let's steal yeah. a little bit about you, and then we'll jump back into the role. So yeah, you Pepperdine, if I remember right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I went to Pepperdine University, which Grew is uh, Oklahoma City. So Oklahoma City is Good not your Pepperdine. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's, let's walk through this path. Oklahoma <laughs> to
0: Pepperdine. Yep,
1: of course, like you do. Well, I actually, what drew me to Pepperdine is I'd heard about it, and people called it um, Harvard by the Ocean. And I was like, okay, so it's this great university in Malibu, California, but I mostly want to get university credit while I was still in high school. And I wanted to do it in somewhere that was really beautiful, uh, and that was kind of my way to do it. And then I went for, like, a summer school for high school students, and I fell in love with it. It was the only university I applied to. Check this out, so I was concurrently going to the University of Oklahoma in high school. So I had this like safety net. So if I didn't get into Pepperdine, I knew it's not like I wouldn't be going to university. I had that, but I was just super confident. I only wanted to go to Pepperdine. And then I got waitlisted. And then I got, like, I didn't get off the waitlist, so, like basically a rejection. And so I was like, ah, oh, like you can't be serious. And so I was like heartbroken. And then long chain of events, I got I met the first president of the university who recommended me and a few other people and I got accepted the next semester without reapplying on a full scholarship. So yeah, so then and like each year my scholarships would just inflate to like meet the you know tuition rises by a certain percentage each year. So I just get like now you have the new blah 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 scholarship to match the increase in tuition. So, so it worked Oklahoma out to Pepperdine well.
0: to yep. where next? Because I know that wasn't it.
1: Yeah. So then, uh, university wise, or yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> let's, let's let's stay with the degrees for a little while. So this <laughs> might take a while. Uh. Next.
1: So next was Yale. Um, okay. We'll and, just
0: blow right by that. Yeah, so we so decided to move again. And then
1: Stanford, because I was in cognitive science and Yale is number three, but Stanford was number one. So well, I was like, you know, and in when the you, scheme of yeah. things, you know,
0: and when you work at St. John's Mark, us go through the was, best uh, ever. Yeah, so let's project. talk about that degree, cognitive yeah. science, yeah. which actually I, I've talked to large scale banks all the time. And I talk about the disruption in jobs that they're going to have. Yeah. And I talk about. Human behavior and cognitive science and such. So, in layman's term, what yeah. is cognitive science?
1: Cognitive science is the study of how the mind works. It's asking questions like, "How do you understand and perceive reality?" There's a lot of <laughs> parts of psychology that they <laughs> call oh, it like. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, so we, we're just off the elections, and no, <laughs> then uh,
1: oh, god, oh, too soon, on. too soon. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it. There's a lot of parts of psychology that were around social psychology, around what's called abnormal psychology, that really studies how does the mind go wrong and how do we fix it? But I was really just interested in literally how does the mind work, which led me to cognitive science and neuroscience, which is looking at the neural substrates that really are behind each of our thought patterns and these behavioral economics and decision making. And part of what I was doing at Yale is around event perception and how do certain expectations and thought patterns around night physics implicitly influence what you perceive. And so there's a lot of interesting things in that area, particularly when I was in university, just with technical technological innovations in that area around fMRI and the things that we're now capable of doing that we couldn't do 10 years ago. So it was an exciting time to be part of it and actually segued into working in product management and tech in Silicon Valley a lot better than I was expecting. So, yeah.
0: So normally, this is the FinTech 5, which means a five-minute podcast. My producer's looking at the clock and going, you're at six minutes and 20 seconds. The good (laughs) thing is, it's my podcast. I don't care. So we're going to call this a twofer. So Um, This is going to be a FinTech deuce going for 10. So I promise, Rachel, we'll we'll, we'll hit it at 10. All right. So you've had experience in Silicon Valley, but what prompted the move to come to England and work for a new bank?
1: So when I was working in financial technology in Silicon Valley, I was leading global product development. And that's what brought to my awareness the differences between launching a company in the US versus New Zealand, Australia, Europe versus the UK. And the UK is the fintech capital of Europe for good reason. One, the regulator provides a lot of incentives for companies to start here. Part of it is because now you can get a banking license. You don't have to launch in 50 different states. For us to launch zero in the states, for example, they're not even available in all 50 states, and they came out a year before zero in the UK. So it's a much longer and more arduous process, and to even get a banking license like you can get in the UK isn't even yet possible in the US. So there's a lot of different environmental factors that make it much more easy to start here and then to scale to Europe and then secondarily to the US versus the other way around. So those were bits of it. And then I happened to meet Anne Bowden who has this vision of changing the world, who I hadn't met anyone like her before with this particular vision on disrupting banking. Because you see fintechs were disrupting all these different pieces, but at the end of the day, they also rely on banks and no one was really doing that. So when I saw Anne and the way that she was reinventing it from the ground up, I, I just knew I had to be part of that story.
0: Yeah, and if you're going to disrupt a bank, having somebody who has massive banking experience at the executive level helps. Yeah. Definitely. And I, if, if you're going to have to start somewhere, yeah. I love that concept, especially with Ann, that that's where you're jumping in at. Yeah. Okay, so um, I will keep in the, send, some uh, around the theme of the FinTech 5. Yeah. So we're going to do rapid fire. It's the last minute, so cool. going ask questions, go yeah. with it. Okay, what's the name of your dog?
1: I don't have a dog. I wish I had a dog. Oh my god. So what's with the pug on the no. thing? You stole someone else's <laughs> no, dog. No, it's Doug the god. Pug from Facebook. No, I, I love wish Doug, Doug the, the pug. pug. If the person who has the Doug <sighs> the Pug Facebook page hears this and wants to bring Doug the Pug to Starling, I would love that. I would so just, do, I would cry of happiness. One hundred percent
0: faking it. Yeah, it I'm totally so faking it. Yeah. Disappointing.
1: I, we have dogs in our apartment here in London and it's small. And so I just, I would feel bad having a dog right now, but I, I love pugs and I really, really
0: want I one. I love Doug the pug, but <laughs> I thought you had your own pug.
1: No, I wish I did. I wish I did. But if anyone has any um, ideas for something to give me for Christmas, then, you know, pug, pug is a good option. I would take it. So I am
0: greatly <laughs> disappointed. All just right. So I, I'm going to pass it. What's the weirdest thing about coming and living in the UK as an expat?
1: Um, for me, on a day-to-day basis, is the built-in washer and dryer. Like it just—it's yeah. not the same as nice big American ones. You know, I have to like hang stuff up, and that's probably a weird thing to say. But that, or the fact that in the bathrooms you can't plug in um, like your blow dryer, that is also quite weird. I'm like, wait, that like you can plug in shavers only.
0: I, I those thought, are the
1: two things that really.
0: I is... think that the weirdest thing for me was the refrigerator. The first time I saw it yeah. being that small. Yeah. But yeah. as part of my expat package when I moved here, was we had to have a normal size.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> i'm not do joking you, do you
1: have an american size in this <laughs> when we
0: were looking at homes that was one of the uh must-haves we give a rat's butt about quality of schools or anything yeah. else we're like hmm, big refrigerator
1: <laughs> like is that what you're negotiating on is refrigerator? yes <laughs> we, like, we did this is my highest priority
0: <laughs> you know because you know quality of life
1: I should have used that with Uh, Anne, I'm like... (laughs) You
0: should, going back next time. talking about, yeah, yeah.
1: salary, and I'm like, skip the salary, Anne. Let's talk about these (laughs) American-sized
0: refrigerator. (laughs) Uh, All right, so where can we learn more? Two things. One about Uh Starling, but what about Megan Kaywood, the extraordinary speaker? Where can we learn more? Let's start with Starling.
1: Yeah, so Starling, just go to starlingbank.com. You can sign up for our beta. We have a beta out now, but we're going into a wider beta in the spring, and we'd invite you to be a part of that, so definitely go and sign up there. And for speaker extraordinaire, Megan yes. Kaywood, I wish I could say I had my own personal site. I'm working on that due to some great consultation from a friend named Sam of mine. Um.
0: I guarantee you there will be a pug on the site and yes. it's not hers. I'm so depressed.
1: Yeah, but for now, I, I do have Twitter. It's just at Megan Kaywood, so you can always follow me there.
0: Absolutely perfect. Thank you, um, Megan.
1: Yeah, thanks, Sam.